0: What is up, y'all? Kevin Kuhn here from Athlete Factors. This is the Athlete Factors podcast. My guest today is a fellow Yellow Jacket alum. What's up, Daniel? Okay, Okay. I didn't ask you this beforehand, and now I'm, ah, uh, I regret it. How do you pronounce your last name? I've heard it like three different ways, so how do you do it? Daniel? Mahalski. Mahalski, it's a silent yeah. C. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> Awesome. Because, like, I think, like, watching some of your races, I think it, I've heard it pronounced Mikulski. I'm pretty sure yeah. I heard Coach O say Mikulski. Oh, man. So, sorry about it, man. Sorry about That's it. All right. That's all right. <laughs> anyway, thanks for being my guest today. Let's dive right into it. Tell us a little bit about yourself and... Uh, yeah, we'll go from there. So athletics, academics, what you're doing now professionally, hit it.
1: All right. Uh, yeah, I'm, uh, you know, I, I consider myself more of an Ohioan. I did half of my half of my youth in Tennessee and, and half in Ohio um, and then uh, went on to uh, Cedarville University, which is our our common thread, um, ran for the Yellow Jackets there, studied um exercise science um shouts to Dr. Cromet hope she yeah. watches this she, she will. will now yeah yeah she will <laughs> um she's our advisor and, and main professor uh and um yeah you, you know fell in love with running um uh, realized a love for for this sport um at the you know with an opportunity to coach you know thinking about that as my long-term career and um you know, uh, was blessed with an opportunity to um, compete uh, in graduate school as a fifth-year student at um, Indiana University, where I um, got to run at all three national championships for the Hoosiers, and um, be a part of you know a, a great year of growth um, personally, as an athlete especially, and um, you know continue to do what I love on the competitive field, and um get, just get a ton better and. Uh, you know the experiences I've had as an athlete, and some you know internship stuff, and some other jobs and camps and whatever. It kind of set me up as, as well as a great network to to take on this coaching position where I'm at now, Laterno University in uh, Longview, Texas. We're a, a D3 school on the rise. You know, a small small Christian college, not unlike Cedarville, where um, you know it's really well academically focused. Um, and um you know we just started our track program we don't yet have our own facilities for that and um uh, the cross country's kind of been around but it's kind of gone in different undulations of competitive levels and so i'm trying to elevate our game uh with with what we've got here now and recruit toward that as well and coaching men and women for cross and and those same kids on the distance side of track
0: that's awesome man that's great yeah um Funny enough, uh, our our paths probably crossed a few times at Cedarville. I probably probably came and talked to the team about protein one day or something, and you were probably in the locker room when we were doing that. Um, and then, again, last week, one of the coaches, or one of the kids that I coach here in Dallas with the homeschool group, is like, oh, hey, by the way, just talk to a guy that, says he knows you, and um, and he ran steeplechase where you went to college. And I'm like, N- who who are you talking about? Like, I don't know anybody who did that and then is now coaching here in Texas. Like, I'm sure I would know who this person is. Right. And they're like, yeah, we don't really know his last name. I'm like, what? You don't know? You- okay, so I'm throwing the kids <laughs> on the bus now. Anyway, <laughs> one of the kids – that I coach will be running for you next, or this coming fall, right? So,
1: hey, I hope so. I haven't gotten the green light yet, but hopefully, gosh. yeah. I don't know. Oh. If that's not. If he told you that, then great. I'll put him down. <laughs> uh,
0: no, no confirmation there yet. But uh, okay. Emma, for sure, right?
2: Yes,
0: yes, yes. So, um, so small world, man. So you were a yellow jacket. And now you're a different yellow jacket.
1: Yeah, yeah, we're yellow jackets here at Letourneau, too. So easy transition.
0: That's nice. That makes things simple. You don't have to switch up your mascot loyalty or anything like sure. that. Yeah, it's good stuff. Awesome. So uh, you're pretty experienced in the steeple chase. Um, tell us a little bit about how you got into that. And uh, you're a solid runner all around, but that kind of this prob This is probably your best event, right?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so head, head and Shoulders Steeplechase is my best event. Um, and, you know, so I'm going to continue to pour my efforts into that. Um, I, uh, you know, I was a multi-sport athlete growing up, uh, doing basketball, baseball, um, most of the way through, all the way through my junior year of high school, actually. Um, so on my senior year that I started track, and I thought I was going to be kind of a you know maybe an 800 runner maybe uh maybe even a decathlete i thought Mm -hmm. that's maybe what i could do
2: Mm um
1: ended up finding a sweet spot in the 1600 getting crazy better in a short amount of time and uh you know dropped from like 452 to 414 in the course of my senior season wow so um big jump yeah yeah big jump big jump and um you know, my high school coach had a relationship with my future college coach, and would bounce ideas and workouts off of him. And so I was kind of already had this trust and in, and in, um, in Coach Orchard at Cedarville, mm-hmm. because you know his sons were my teammates. He was at a lot. He was able to come to our meets. And, yeah. Um, you know, I was kind
0: of familiar with
1: his training.
0: Right. You were a Xenia Christian.
1: I was a Xenia High School. Yeah, the oh, Buccaneers, sorry. baby.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. Buck Drive. Z- yeah.
1: Um, so yeah, this is the, I don't know, I'm giving you the more historical look at it, but, um, you know, I was coming in kind of a miler type thinking that was, that was what my sweet spot would be. And then, you know, I heard about steeplechase, you know, had, had another incoming freshman teammate that was from New York. And so he had some steeplechase experience and, um, you know, he thought, you know, maybe I'd be all right at it. Some other teammates that were upperclassmen were like, yeah, Dan, you should try it. Um. Our first couple of outdoor meets, I watched two two ACL tears right before my eyes. Like um, yes. at uh, down in down in Georgia at Emory, one of my own teammates did it. One of the gals, oh. and then at um, at the the All Ohio track meet uh, at Miami, I watched a girl for OU do it right in front of me. Like, you know, the screaming, everything. So so my teammates were yep. like, "Dan." Dan, don't do it. Don't do the steeplechase. You've seen what it does to people. You know, you'll ruin yourself for the 15 and 8. Um, but uh, you know, I was looking for an opportunity to try something new. On, um, at the time, the GMAC um, conference was very young and, and a pretty weak conference meet. So as, as kind of the favorite in the 15, I was like, you know, Coach and I talked about running an off event at the conference meet.
2: Get Maybe those points. Point
1: yeah, maybe a 5k or, or a steeple. And so I jumped a couple hurdles with some guys and didn't know what the heck I was doing. <laughs> um, you know, jumped into a sand pit like twice and, uh, had never been, you know, over a water pit for real until my first race, you know, you get wow. your feet wet when you get your feet wet. Um, and you know, it went good. I, I just stuck on the first guy through, you know, four laps or so, and then, you know, took over and Ran 9.26, and then, ironically, my best ever um, 400 split came later that day. I was like, nine (laughs) miles into my day, one of our legs for the 4x4 is puking, and so they're like, hey, Dan, can you run it? I'm like, sure. Can I borrow your sprint spikes? Mm -hmm. And so I did, I split like a 50 flat.
2: Nice.
1: Yeah, coming off my first ever steeple. So. So that's kinda of how I started. That was my first one. Second one, I soloed a nine oh three in like ninety degrees down at Christian Nationals uh at shorter that year. Wow. And um and then yeah, thought I thought I was gonna make nationals and I didn't I was super mm-hmm. bumped. I ended up getting getting bumped by a altitude converted time and uh-huh. they took and they took less guys than they did the year before. It was it was um, honestly more defining of a moment than it maybe should have. Mm-hmm. And um, it really because it was humbling, like super humbling. Because here I you know I had this newfound success that was really dramatic, and all of a sudden I was you know ranked twentieth in the nation in an event that I had no business. Um, I felt like I had no business being there, right? Yeah. And uh and uh, yeah, I got the rug kind of swept out on it and you know, kind of had to take, take, take a minute to, I don't know, assess things, understand who I was and mm-hmm. that I had a lot, had a ways to go and there's a, there's a, my short answer for you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so you mentioned that you ran at Cedarville and then you did, was it just one year at IU?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I, I I graduated from Cedarville and, and um, had enough <laughs> injuries, basically, uh, mm-hmm. to run all three seasons at IU uh, for the 18-19 school year.
0: Nice. So cross, indoor and outdoor. Yeah. That's awesome. So what was that transition like going from a, you know, a, a small D2 program to like this huge, you know, this track powerhouse? IU, like, we got to go to indoor meets at IU when I was at Cedarville, and, like, you know, that was pretty much the only banked track that we got to race on, but, like, that was always incredible, the competition was always amazing, Um, so what's it like, you know, being at a school where, you know, like, that's just, that's your facility, you know, like, the people you're training against are pretty amazing people.
1: Yeah, you know, that was... Um, that was a big draw for me to, to look at IU, uh, uh, of all the schools I considered, um, you know, transferring to for, for my grad year, um, you know, facilities, um, coach reputation and mm-hmm. the guys I'd be training with and my kind of groups or whatever, that, those were the things I was really carefully looking at. And then, you know, of course, a grad program to fit my undergrad and interests and stuff, which ended up being applied sports science. I he's got a great, great program in that.
0: Um,
1: so, yeah, I, it was, it was super cool. Um, was, so
0: Bob Kennedy ran.
1: Yeah. Bob Kennedy, Jim Spivey. Um, those guys are legends. Um, and, uh, you know, it's cool. Now I have, and now I have a relationship with, with Jim Spivey. Um, talk to him pretty regularly. Um, but uh Yeah. IU is 10 times the size of Cedarville, literally, you know, I go from about 4,000 to about 40,000 and, uh, you know, it's a small little hippie city, basically. Bloomington is, Mm -hmm. um, that was an adjustment too. you know, the culture of the team was definitely different, but, um, had some really great things too. Uh, it's coached and, and interacted as, as a kind of combined program where, um, you know, our, our head coach and director of, of the program, Ron Helmer, um, as well as Andrew poor, his assistant for distance. Um, they coached both men and women, um, together, mostly at the same times Mm
2: -hmm. going on to
1: all the same meets. Um, and so there was like a pretty good, um, you know, team, team attitude and and aspect to things, especially Mm -hmm. among the distance side, you know, among event groups, it's always tough, but, um, yeah, facilities were great. It was awesome to, you know, to be able to have our banked two hundred track, and uh, we had a about a two hundred forty meter track that's flat around the perimeter of that, and
2: then a mm-hmm.
1: really top class outdoor track to just, you know, two hundred yards away from that. So, yeah, yeah, it was it was a it was a pretty cool situation.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it was always fun going to those meets because, like there'd be a ton of people showing up trying to break 4 minutes. You know, they'd have like an invitation mile and like it's just it was always fun. You know, there's always like there's always really really fun events going on all the time. Like every event was fun to watch cuz competition was just always really good. So um so what was uh what was your game plan going into college? Like did you know that you wanted to coach?
1: No, at, at first I thought I was going to be a, an engineer. I, mm-hmm. I I came in with that as my major and was like, hey, you know,
0: Cedarville's was, a great place for that.
1: Cedarville's a great place. They have a great reputation. You know, I some you know some math and science came pretty well to me in high school, and so I figured that I'd maybe have a knack for it mm-hmm. in college. Um, found out pretty quick that uh, I didn't I didn't quite want to. Um, devote myself to that, uh, in how I did my college experience and how I, um, studied, <laughs> I didn't have the best, uh, habits and stuff coming in, um, as, you know, very few do really, but, um, yeah, anyways, um, kind of reckoned, uh, you know, in my third semester at Cedarville, um, that, you know I'd I think I want to do something that kind of prepares me for coaching and, and and or you know working in um, in healthcare maybe you know mm-hmm. so I was like all right we'll exercise science um, so yeah it was, was kind of easy fit you know I, I during that semester I you know took a couple of classes toward the major and you know picked up really well on kinesiology and mm-hmm. um, you know memorizing stuff for that and and uh
0: origin insertion innervation yeah
1: yeah yeah dr sled (laughs) dr sled i don't know if you had her but uh yeah she's after your time but um yeah it, it went well uh that semester and and uh you know i decided to commit to it and figured you know based on my relationship with coach orchard and the experience that i was having as an athlete and a little bit of the heritage for, for me, my, my dad was a collegiate basketball coach, um, so that lifestyle was somewhat familiar to me and, and I appreciated it and thought it would be pretty neat to impact you know the lives of student athletes similarly to, to coach and, and my dad and, and um, what I was experiencing. So I was like, I think I could do this. I think this would be rewarding, fulfilling, fun. Yeah. Um, you know I can, I can get up every day and talk about track. Or uh, you know, and enjoy time spent with with student athletes, whether it's you know on a van trip or or whatever.
0: Yeah. So um, another connection that you and I have is uh, athletes in action, tough camp. So I got to oh, do yeah. it for a few summers. I know. I noticed on your bio that like you did that quite a bit as well. So um, how? How much fun was Tough Camp, man?
1: Tough Camp Tough is too, it's too much fun. It's awesome. It's too much fun. Shout out to Tim Ellis and mm-hmm. and everybody at AIA who has uh, helped out with Tough Camp over the years. Um, yeah, yeah. I I counseled I think summers of I want to say sixteen, seventeen, and eighteen. Maybe I think I did three summers. Um, yeah, super impactful. For me, even as a counselor, you know, it's a camp for high school uh, runners, and um,
0: up in Holland, Michigan.
1: Yeah, yeah, on, on the campus on the campus of Hope College, okay. uh, beautiful place to run, you know, mm-hmm. right on Lake Michigan. Um,
0: yeah, I think they're doing. Nick Willis hopes. came out for two seasons when I was yeah. there. Like,
1: yeah, he's come out. Yeah, he's guest spoke and stuff. Um, yeah, they always do such a great job and and really disciple the the counselors as well or better even than. Oh, yeah. Been the, um, campers, uh, such a great experience. Really been impactful to me. Um, the connections I made there with with uh, other counselors,
2: mm-hmm. other
1: uh, campers, and and um, you know the, the adult counselors that are kind of mid career people have been really impactful. And, and I, you know, I keep up, I keep in touch with them and stuff. I talk yeah. to them on a really regular basis too. Nice. So, yeah, anytime, anytime I can help get more Cedarville kids there to council, I, I try to I'll see if we can do it with some Laterno kids too now. Um, yeah. I'm really proud of of having been a part of that and uh, want to see it keep going. It's been going for almost 30 years
0: now, I think. This is, it's incredible. Like, it's so fun. Yeah, so I had, uh, I've had two of the kids that were there on this podcast. One is now a <laughs> a doctor of physical therapy.
1: Nice.
0: And uh, the other one was a, an athletic trainer, and now she's a nurse. So, like, it's incredible, man. Like, it's so fun. Um, yeah, I, I keep in touch with, with quite a few people from Tough Camp still. So, it's great, man. It's, it's just, like you said, it's too much fun. Um, so was that like your kind of intro into like, like coaching? It's not like a ton of coaching, but like, you know, you're kind of like, you're working with a group of kids, you know, kind of in this mentoring uh, relationship. So is that kind of your intro into coaching?
1: Yeah, I'd say, um, yeah, pretty much uh, to kids that were younger than me and more Mm -hmm. impressive, I guess. You know, I, I took it upon myself to, as a, as a teammate and and uh, oftentimes especially as an injured teammate at cedarville to to kind of mentor the the younger kids on the team and mm-hmm. um, you know get their splits at workouts if they couldn't make it to practice because they had a lab or whatever yeah. i'd show up at the track with them and and take them through on the bike or whatever um you know i, I tried to to be and do what sometimes my coach couldn't uh, um, as far as, you know, be around and, and, you know, be in the locker room and, you know, encourage some guys uh, in different contexts and in different ways, and, you know, from my perspective as, you know, the, the upperclassman guy who's been kind of leading the way on the team and had a little more, mm-hmm. um, you know, a little more success on the track. Yeah. Um, yeah, but definitely tough was like, tough camp uh, was was a fun exposure to, all right, working with a bunch of kids that are younger than you and, mm-hmm. um, you know, culminating the week with a race that you're cheering for your team like crazy for and you're trying to strategize how to how to win the, the entire, you know, week's Olympics of, of games.
0: Yeah, the, the modern pentathlon. Yeah, that's
1: right. Yeah, exactly, the modern <laughs> pentathlon. Very, the very modern <laughs>
0: So modern, yeah. it changed often.
1: Yeah. <laughs> that's
0: how modern it was for us, so. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about how, uh, like, you're a collegiate coach now, right? So what is, like, what's your philosophy of coaching? What are the, you know, what are the pillars that you build uh, your training program around? (sighs)
1: Steal, kill, destroy. Uh, I, I like it. Yeah, steal other people's workouts that are good. Mm-hmm. um so great things i learned from coach orchard at cedarville coach homer at iu um you know other things i've read and you know just take take things in you know um yeah.
0: don't reinvent the wheel man
1: kill kill would be to don't kill my athletes <laughs> that, Yeah, there's a in parentheses don't before they yeah. kill
0: yeah yeah um it's small it's not,
1: fine. yeah and then um yeah, so, you know, really paying paying close attention and hopefully, you know, being really well communicating with my athletes to make sure I know how they're responding to the training um, and racing and, uh, you know, managing injuries conservatively. Um, I'm a big proponent of hard days, hard, easy days, easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's one thing that I have not always done well in my own training and that I greatly benefited from in my experience at IU that we were kind of forced into that schedule and I really benefited from it. Um and um you know I, I another thing too is is asking for a little more detailed training logs from my team. Um and that that really helps to draw that out because you can't you can't have those conversations with every athlete before and after every practice. Right. Um but you know if they can shoot you a quick word document or Excel document with a couple of notes and what they did. Um, you can, um, do a better, I can do my job better because I, I, I've got, I can look at the history of over the last, you know, several months, even, okay, what have you done? What have you done? What has led to this? What, you know, what can you do better? Mm -hmm. Um, and, and especially when there's notes about how, how they're, how they're feeling through the different phases of training. Um, then destroy, destroy would be destroy the competition. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I love race day. Like there's, there's, why are we even doing this if we're not going to be competitive? Right.
0: Exactly.
1: So, um, you know, I love coming to competition fiercely and, you know, always want to see my athletes, um, and and have the same heart myself to, to give my very best effort on race day and to lay aside any distractions or excuses and just show up and, you know, destroy your competition now destroy them nicely though, because we, you know, we, we have a sport where, you know, your, your competition is, you know, your greatest enemy and your, your greatest friend too, especially in distance running, you know, you need them, you need each other to make it, to make it through this thing, you know, to help each other pace, to, yeah. you know, to spar and challenge each other all the way to a PR, you know, and yep. you can both have a measure of success, even if one crosses the, the line first. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I literally just totally made that up on the spot.
0: That was beautiful. I was
1: kill, kill, destroy, but I—I'll take it. <laughs> I think that works. I'm gonna write that down now.
0: Yeah, I think you should, especially <laughs> the uh, the small don't.
1: The don't, yeah, don't, don't kill, kill my athletes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. I'm not sure uh, if the whole kill fits in with like I don't know, like Ten Commandments or whatever, but. But the don't kill definitely does fit, so
1: yeah,
0: yeah. So keep that. <laughs> That's incredible. So, uh, what's what's like a basic uh, week look like for for your distance crew? Like, are you? Um, it doesn't have to be super detailed, and I know like your your training plan probably fluctuates and changes. But like, what emphasis do you put on? Um, on like recovery modalities what emphasis do you put on strength and conditioning and like how do you um like there's not too many cross-country coaches who have a background in like applied sports science so um like that's that's the stuff I'm really interested in right like all of all of the athletes that I work with uh like if it's my high school cross-country or track athletes like obviously the emphasis is you want to be a better runner We've got to get you running. But where do these other things fit in?
1: All right, so I'll, I'll start with um, recovery modalities. Um, we we're blessed to have a pool right here in our athletic center um, that they have not the most free access to, but a, a fair amount of access to to get in mm-hmm. an aqua jog and swim laps. Um, my take on that is, if they're, particularly with guys, if they're more prone to putting on muscle, that maybe you know keep them aqua jogging as opposed to swimming laps because they're gonna just put on some, you know, they're gonna put on some big old lats and the shoulders. Up. Mm-hmm. So, um, I, you know, I've seen that happen with teammates, it's funny, you know. Yeah, you became a fish. Good job, you <laughs> became a fish. But this is a, this is a different sport, you know.
2: Yep. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you know elliptical it's hard to get your heart rate up and same with bike um you know stationary bike it's tough to get your heart rate up so both of those um you know on recovery days some kids when they're banged up have to kind of do long runs on the elliptical and or bike and um you know i I encourage them to get it in as much of a continuous effort as i can so quick transitions Mm -hmm.
2: um
1: and you know, careful attention to um, you know being in an appropriate heart rate zone um, for that effort. I've uh, even done simulated workouts on them, you know, fartleks, but I try not to as much as I can. <laughs> I I had one guy who like he got fitter than ever doing that, and I was like, awesome. He knows how to push himself on the bike, but but most you know, it's different, man. Um, yeah, I just want to get him back running, right? Yep.
2: So. All
1: that uh yeah we don't we don't have a full-time strength coach um for our athletic department at all right now um
2: yeah.
1: so uh, you know i wrote up a plan and and um it was kind of similar to some things i had done in the past and just incorporated a couple other things that um my boss had um introduced to me she has uh her cscs and a million other certifications and um mm-hmm. uh, so, you know, I can always bounce stuff like that off of her. Um, nice. And, uh, yeah, so, I, you know, I'm not a huge proponent of the weight room. Um,
0: they're not weightlifters. They're runners.
1: Exactly. They're not weightlifters. They're runners. Um, but, you know, I do acknowledge that there are some seriously important movements that can, that can help with um, core stability to maintain form, especially late in races.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and some power movements that are going to help us. Particularly with steeple chase runners and 800 runners,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, and then you know injury prevention stuff. You know, so much is you know connected, <laughs> as you know, you know through through the chain. Yeah, uh, yeah. One
0: of the one of the biggest things about that I've had to learn is like what is the difference between sp- sport performance training for team sports, let's say. And, like, what is sport performance training for endurance runners? And, like, most of it is, like, I don't think there's a ton of stuff that that I have my athletes do in the weight room that's actually going to contribute to their performance per se. It's all, how can I make you more resilient so that you can accumulate more volume of running that's going to contribute to actual performance? So it's it's yeah. tough, like you know, getting quote-unquote stronger. Like, I'm not having my my Ironman triathletes do Olympic lifts. Like, there's a lot more return on other things. So I'm going to, like, try to get them moving laterally. I'm going to try to get them in these, you know, in the planes of motion that they don't compete in, that they don't train in, and that's going to make them, you know, more rounded and more athletic and more resilient, and that will, in turn improve their performance, so that's right. a tough one, man.
1: Yeah, no, I'm, yeah, I, I think we're on the same team on that.
0: <laughs> Did I lose you there?
1: Uh, we're back, I think. I see you clearly. Oh,
0: sweet. Anyway, moving on, moving on. So, um, So, in addition to coaching, right, you're still – Still throwing down a little training here and there, right?
1: Here, here and there and everywhere, yeah.
0: <laughs> so, why are you still training, man? What's up? What's going on?
1: Uh hey, well, I've i still got a uh, a grandfathered in um, Olympic trials qualifier.
2: Okay. So, uh,
1: marks from marks from 2019. They they expanded the qualifying date because of all that this year has been, right? Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. So I have a, a steeplechase PR of of 8.30, um, from, from, uh, July of, uh, 2019, that is still a, a big queue for, for the Olympic trials in Eugene this June.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, so, you know, I fully intend to get myself to that starting line, uh,
2: Coach working with me,
1: um, that uh, really I really feel blessed to have. And we we uh, we click and connect well. I feel like and it's pretty. Um, he's pretty well a Jack Daniel Jack Daniels disciple, but not too rigidly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I really like um, the training I've done there. And um, you know it's been different doing you know being solo. You know, I uh, before I moved down to Texas, I had a few guys that I could run some workouts and long runs with. That were kind of they were kind of more marathon guys in uh, Indianapolis where I was living. Shout out to the Working Man's Track Club uh, is what they call themselves. Um, You know, we did some like virtual races and stuff together. It was fun. Um, But yeah, I uh, you know, after COVID happened, um, I was not was no longer working with um, the team and coach at IU uh, because uh, you know, campus was shut down. Mm-hmm. I wasn't permitted to use the facilities um, and we didn't know when I was going to be, you know, competing again. So it was, it was a big bummer, you know, I was in what I thought at the time was the shape of my life, um, you know, right before at, at the onset of the outdoor season and, and mm-hmm. didn't get to, but uh yeah, I think I'm coming into some pretty good shape, it's more strength oriented, um, a little longer term focused as opposed to like race, 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 like the college model, right? right? Um, so kind of a longer, longer build and, um, a little less, you know, track speed specific stuff and,
2: uh um,
1: mm-hmm. or more, more fart legs, more strength work and threshold work on the road, and, um, and hill work to do kind of speed work in disguise, right? Yep. Um, yeah so I'm I'm doing over distance and under distance I I ran at the Austin um trial qual, what do they call it Austin qualifier is what they called it um uh a month ago in the uh, 5k you know ran a skinny little PR and like it was hot and humid and windy it was like a weird combo
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, but I'll take it you know I haven't I haven't you know I haven't put a kit on for you know over a year
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So I would take it, you know, I ran like 14.05 and, um, one my, one my section, you know, I think, yeah. I think that there's, there was more in me on the day and there will continue to be more in me. I think my mm-hmm. best times are out there.
2: Yep. Significantly.
1: Um, and then this weekend I'm going over to Atlanta. The, uh, the Atlanta track club is hosting uh, a meet for basically just 1500s and 800s, um, for kind of some trials, hopefuls and, other kind of post collegians or, or whatever, um, so I'm going to run a 1500 there. Um, stay, you know, visit visit the in laws over the Easter holiday weekend. Uh, it works out really well that way. And then um, Steeplechase debut, and <laughs> almost a two year two year gap will be um, <laughs> up at Eugene on um, April 24th. They're hosting. Uh, one of the USATF series meets, uh, and they're putting on a steeple. So I'm pumped to get to see the new stadium. Uh, yeah. and, um, you know, I'm hoping to buy my flight today. I gotta, I gotta look into that. Awesome. Yeah. That's,
0: that's great, dude. Um, yeah, I got to, uh, let's see my junior year of high school, the summer between my junior and senior year, I did a uh, junior Olympic track with, uh, uh, a group that trained out of Yellow Springs yeah, at Yellow Springs High School and um, the national meet that year was at U- University of Oregon and so I did not run fast enough to make it into the fast heat in the 2k steeplechase which I was extremely upset about but the silver lining is I destroyed everybody in the slow heat and I went <laughs> wire to wire at Hayward Field and that was pretty awesome. So
1: not many people get to say that. Go wire to wire for a win at Hayward. That's pretty cool. Exactly.
0: Yeah. So that was that that
1: to your grave.
0: Yeah. So um so you mentioned your your PR in the in the steeple was eight thirty. Yeah. Smoking fast man. Um and you did that you said in June? I think Uh, June
1: maybe it was June of twenty nineteen. It was June or July.
0: Yeah. So uh so tell us a little bit about your senior or I guess it's your fifth your fifth year season. Um but tell us about your twenty nineteen season. Um and and how you know things don't always go the way that you expect them, but then you know, you come back and you PR.
1: Yeah, well, I know where this is going. Uh yeah. <laughs> um to talk about. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. Uh um man, so I was getting better in a hurry at IU. You know, I I the fall, it was it was actually a surprise that I had cross country eligibility. I didn't find out until mid-September that I had the eligibility. So, I was training with the team. I was permitted to practice at full capacity.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um but uh yeah, I didn't find out until the the week of pre-nationals, um, that I was going to be running in, 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 a cross uniform. Um, and you know, I, I haven't been as much of a cross country runner. I haven't had the same success I have on, on the track. I don't know if it's cause I'm 180 pounds or I just sink into the grass a little more. I, I don't know. <laughs> um, I, uh, you know, in training, I sparred, you know, I sparred with the best. i them at IU and, and, um, you know, racing, i couldn't I couldn't quite hang after kind of the halfway mark. It was kind of scary for me. It was uncharted territory. The way that um some of those big races are run at at those levels were just totally foreign to me. you know going out wicked fast and um you know somehow hanging and still finishing wicked fast like these guys cross country is another level up for them um
0: it's different, man.
1: And Yeah, I mean, in, in at Cedarville, you know, I'd i pretty much try to run things even, Steven, and, you know, run close to 25 minutes and usually solo, right? Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: At, 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 a lot of, at a lot of meets that we were competing at. So,
0: yeah, but um, that'll win a lot of meets.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, so, anyways, at cross country, I got better as, as we went. Um, you know, I sprained my ankle at the Big Ten meet. Um, still, still got to be on our regionals and national squad. Um, cause it, I bounced back well and ended up, you know, contributing to our team score well, but you know, we weren't really, a, we weren't like a contender. I think we finished 17th as a team at nationals, uh, and was in Wisconsin in the snow. It was a really neat experience though. Um, I PR through the 8k and the 10 K wow. <laughs> on, on a, you know, a fair course mm-hmm. for sure. Um, but then, yeah, indoor season was rolling around. Um, you know, ran my first ever track 5K um, in, you know, that first December weekend qualifying window um, and at just a home meet at IU. Ran 14.08, and that was, you know, the first time I would like, raced a track 5K um, oh. for time. And, you know, closed in 2.06 to do it or whatever. thought I could probably run faster, but it's was like, ah, oh, cool. All right, I'll take it yeah um <laughs> yeah and then you know at, no, yeah, no. Like if, I, if i did that at cedarville i would like freak be freaking out but thing is like just the you know everything the relativity changed a lot
0: you know yeah everybody's doing the record
1: books the record books yeah. were very different at iu than versus than at cedarville um mm-hmm. but somehow i got my name on both nice. um <laughs> yeah so uh you know, really, really great training block um, throughout uh, January. Um, you know, was holding like 85 miles a week, doing these crazy sessions. And, um, you know, Andy Bayer started coming around finally again. Uh, he wasn't around that first semester because cause of a million reasons, but uh, was, uh, you know, starting to train with, with me and the other guys kind of in our top group. Mm-hmm. Um, Kyle Mao, Ben Beach. Most of the time, sometimes Bryce Millar too. Um, but uh, yeah, it was super cool to rub shoulders with him and, you know, be challenged by him and just kind of see what a pro runner does and can do and what his lifestyle is like and just chat him up, chat his ear off on warm ups and cool downs, learning mm-hmm. about what it was like to have been on the Bowerman track club and compete internationally and,
2: mm-hmm. you
1: know, have a, you know, have a Nike deal and stuff. Um, you know, he's, he's a real asset to have as a part of our training group. And, you know, he's an alum, um, as a steeplechaser too, I was like, okay, well, this, not only is this like somebody to look up to, but this is also my competition, Mm -hmm. you know, he's going to be on the same line as me, you know, this summer at the world championships trials for the, you know, us champs. Um, so, you know, I know exactly, I know exactly how good I have to be. And if I'm not as good as him, then. I better have a really good day and he better have a really bad day. (laughs) To make this team, you know, he's I know exactly exactly the standard. Um Mm. so he was he was great to train with too. Um anyways, I uh um you know, the first couple races of the season were like so so I ran like four oh four and one fifty four or something and like you know, one fifty three on a novelty 4x8 just so we could rub it in on the richer freshman that we also <laughs> had a team and uh um then then we ran a DMR and I like ran out of my mind um at the time at the time running 253 was fast mm. when I ran that this year 253 is no longer fast after this year <laughs> but um yeah. I, like I was mad at the rabbit. Cause we went out too slow. We went out at like over 158. We kind of, we had a rabbit, you know, like yeah. we had A team and a B team. And so he kind of set it out for me. Right. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, we were out too slow and then I closed in a 55 and I was like wow. shocked and I handed off, you know, and 400 did okay. 800 did great. Mile did great. Um, and we ran a, you know, a 926 school record, um, which, you know, when you have names like Bob Kennedy and Andy Baer and yeah. and Jim Spivey as as alums of your school, to, to have a, a school record DMR, it's pretty neat. You know, yeah. I, they've had, you know, they've had some really good national finishes in the DMR over the years and you know, middle distance powerhouse. So to to be in the record books and survive the record books after the last two years now too, mm-hmm. uh, it's pretty neat. Pretty neat. I think it'll go away pretty soon though.
0: Um, all records do, man. I don't have. Yeah, that. yeah.
1: I so in high school when it, when it came to records, I me and the uh, me and the Orchard Boys, right? So the college coaches' sons who I was teammates with. Um, we would joke that, uh, oh, you know, we're gonna we'd look at the record board and we see that name, we say, oh, we're gonna make that guy roll in his grave. You know, he, like, he was like 30 years old at the time, right? we were, like. He's gonna roll in his grave when you when you <laughs> beat that record, Dan, or whatever it was.
0: Oh, that's amazing. So
1: so then so then it became the running joke, you know, at Cedarville. I'm like, all right, man. Like, when are you gonna beat my record? Like, make me roll in my grave, or <laughs> or I say it to you know Zena High School runners and stuff too for my records there. But thankfully, uh, I'm still alive and I'm not rolling in my grave. But um, yeah, it was a big big breakthrough to run that that DMR 1200, a huge encouragement. Um, you know, I had, you know, I felt like I had no business running that fast at that time. It was really exciting to me. And I could hardly sleep that night. Uh, although I had a mile to run the next day and, um, you know, ran, ran, led, led most of the thing. We went out too slow, led most of the thing, ran 401 and got chased down at the line. And mm. so I didn't win and I ran 401 and I was like, Shoot, I had a lot in my legs. I, my calves were wicked tight. Um, and then the next week, I I strained my calf and uh, didn't get to go to the Iowa State meet, which is always kind of a it's kind of a sweet spot of the season to where a lot of people PR. It's a really good kind of distance festival, so to speak. Um, and you know, my coach, um, Coach Helmer and Coach Poor, particularly Coach Helmer is just a whiz at predicting performances really, really good at predicting performances. And, uh, you know, he, he told me what I could run for the, the 5k within two seconds Ended i actually running. Wow. And, and then, you know, going into Iowa state, he told me I could run. Hey, you know. <laughs> so yeah, I, I didn't get to go. I, I, I was out for like four weeks, basically, um, show up to the big 10 meet, have the worst meet of my life, worst meet of my life. <laughs> I uh, I got tripped up in the DMR, or no, before this, before this mile prelim. You yeah, know, I do my job. Um, I go cool, you know, qualify for the final, right? I go cool down. I come back, and coach says that you're DQ'd. I'm like, what? What do you mean I'm DQ'd? <laughs> um, you know, one of the schools filed a protest to get their guy in because they didn't like a move that I made that was, you know, made him put the brakes on. It wasn't like mm. physical it kind of made him put the brakes on. Um, hmm. So he did like one of those popping bounce steps, right? When somebody moves in front of you um, that, you know, cost him a spot. Anyway, they they protested, they protested his way into the final and I was out. So I was pretty bummed. Uh, and then I run the DMR and I get tripped up and I drop the baton. Oh, um, uh, on
0: the
1: 1200 leg. And so, uh, you know, we got, we went on and finished, but like, you know, we didn't place and we were the favorite. Um, mm-hmm. and, um, and then it, and then I'm like, well, you know, the calf strain is, you know, I can still kind of feel it, but like, I don't think it's going to get worse, you know? So, you know, keep me in the 5k as a backup. Maybe I can scratch across a point. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, Nor- Morgan McDonald didn't yet have a national qualifier in the 5k for which he was the favorite nationally. It, it, I mean, you know, wow. coming up some really, a really hot year. He was the favorite for the 5K. He didn't even have a time. So he goes to run a time at the Big Ten meet. And so he's time trialing this thing. And I am trashed. And he laps me. Wow. And then he laps me again. Oh. <laughs> so I got lapped twice. Nice. I never been lapped once. And then, you know, <laughs> let alone twice. So <laughs> drop a baton, get DQ'd, get lapped twice. Oh. It was it was the worst meet ever. So I you know, I go in expecting, you know, at least, you know, seven points or something, right? Yeah. You know, at least seven to eight points, right? We yeah. end up losing the team battle by two points to Nebraska. Oh. Um, and you know, I'm I'm looking at myself, right? Yeah. You know, there were some other there def- there's some other places where we had some favorites that didn't, right, know, that right. didn't score and some other events. And it was just like pretty devastating, you're right. You know, to like have a team that that close to accomplishing something that special and, you know, to be left wanting and, and really beside yourself on just the madness that, that it was. And feel like the world is against you. The God is smiting you or whatever, but yeah, but um, man, that was, that was, that brought me into kind of a tough time. Um, And, uh, you know, I was trying to recover off this caffeine and also just with my focuses Pointing, you know my hope and my, my goals oriented toward the steeplechase in the outdoor season and knowing that that's my bread and butter and mm-hmm. um, you know I finally got to uh, step to the line for a steeplechase at the uh, Stanford invite. Um, and uh, something about the steeplechase, I just have a different kind of moxie.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: like I just know that it's in my wheelhouse and I step to the line with a greater degree of confidence mm-hmm. in general. I haven't done that every time, you know, Every anytime you level up and it's like a whole new stage, like the first when I ran USA's in 2019, like that was that was kind of scary for me. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, on this stage, you know, Peyton Jordan or not Peyton Jordan, Stanford Invite, um, you know,
2: I'm wearing sunglasses because it's like six o'clock. I don't know. You know, the sun is setting. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I borrowed them off of a Cedarville alum. Neil Klinger, who
1: mm-hmm. was who lived near enough by that he came to watch me race and warm up and cool down with me and stuff. So I'm like, "Hey, can I borrow your shades? I don't have any." I'm like, "Yeah, sure." So my coach is like, "You, you're you're not racing those, are you?" Like suggestively, like asking me to take them off, and I'm like, "No, no, I'm, I'm racing. Like, I'm I'm comfortable in these things. <laughs> um, I didn't want. I mean, I was not." mr mr. cool mr. accessories I most of the time I make, I make fun of the guys in the accessories but um, that time I got away with it and and it was definitely not an IU thing but I uh I went and I you know I ran a big PB and and won the race and you know flow track wanted to interview me and stuff and, and um, you know the team was like feared for my life because they're like the coach is going to kill Dan because he wore those sunglasses and he didn't take them (laughs) off when he asked them to. uh, And, you know, I wasn't trying to be rebellious or whatever. I was totally practical and not even thinking on those terms. Um, But it was super fun and a big breakthrough and just, um, you know, an affirmation or or a confirmation, I guess, that, okay, I'm here. I came to the right place. My steeple chasing is coming along Mm -hmm. i'm in my sweet spot now i've established myself as you know a national leader and i mean business going into this national meet and um you know i'm coming here to fulfill what i came to do as as a uh you know as a fifth year transfer steeplechaser Mm -hmm. um and uh i don't know fast forward i don't know pen relays was cool i never got to run out of pen relays before Mm -hmm. um ran a tactical DMR anchor leg um, and like closed in 54 and chasing Oliver whore to the line. You know, he, he won, but we got second and I held off, you know, Jared Neguse, who was later the national champion in 1500.
0: Wow. Um,
1: and was the DMR national champion too that year. So I was like, oh, I, I held off a pretty good guy. Mm-hmm.
2: I'm,
1: not, I'm not too slousy, not too slousy. Lousy. Yeah. slousy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And then, uh, yeah, big, you know, big 10 outdoors, uh, you know, did the steeple five double, um, was super fun. I made an earlier move than I maybe should have on the steeple and, um, tried to go, tried to make a move back and run wide on, on Opsali, um, to try to get him back. And I just, I didn't quite, or maybe I tried to go inside or something, something weird. With my positioning, with with how to try to make a move back um, in the last lap, that just didn't quite, couldn't quite do it. Um, but then you know, in the 5K, um, you know it was it was cold weather. It's such a weird, you know, late late Aprils was in, was in at Iowa and um, super slow tactical race. And I uh, got to just chat with my teammates while we we're jogging along on this 5K. <laughs> And uh, we start winding it up uh, as we go, and um, our last 1,200 was like 3:06 or something. It was it was blistering um, for compared to what we were doing. It was yeah. super fun to wind it up. I'm like I'm like pressing up to you know on the back straight, and we're coming into 200 to go, and I'm like abreast with the leaders. I'm like clear out in lane two, like on the outside lane two. Mm. And I played my card just a little too soon. Ended up falling back to fifth, and but my teammates went one two. Nice. Um, ben Beach and Kyle Mao. It was such a sweet experience to share the podium like that in a mm-hmm. in a tactical five k. And um, speaking of which, you know the the Penn Relays experience, that Big Ten experience, um, and some others were like, uh, I never thought I had a kick before. I was always a guy who went early, like way early. Mm-hmm. Uh, so many of those races i was running a cedarville vest where you know i could get maybe some guys to go out you know halfway with me or close in a mile and um and then i just kind of leave them from there and mm-hmm. i would make an early move and um you know maybe maybe negative split the last lap but definitely certainly not the third uh, or i don't know i kind of did that thing in high school too and so at iu yeah i we were kind of trained into us um, how to kick uh, our workouts were set up in that way. Where most every workout we cut down. Um, we sprinted a lot and mm-hmm. did a lot of, you know, hard strides where we accelerated and um, so even some workouts where we, where there were stark, stark pickups um, uh, at certain point in, 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 within a single interval, even where we, you know, we hit that line and then you go. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, Running with a lot of guys that were good at that, um, was super fun and, um, you know, transformed who I thought I could be as a runner. Like mm-hmm. all of a sudden I had confidence in my kick and, you know, we had as much confidence or more than anybody on the line at a championship meet to, to be able to close hard. Cause we did it all the time.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so that was, that was a real, that was one of the, one of the great benefits of, being at IU and under Coach Ron Homer's um, tutelage there, and and you know I'm implementing that same kind of stuff with my athletes now, and, and hopefully instilling that type of confidence too. Um,
0: hey man, I, you're, gonna, you're gonna race the way you train, so. You,
1: yep. Yeah, firm believer in that. Um, so I'll skip to. Uh,
0: yeah, I, I hate to cut you off. I'm I'm running out of time, so. <laughs> let's, let's jump, jump to the juicy stuff.
1: Oh my gosh. Yeah.
0: I, I know it.
1: Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, uh, yeah. National Meet, national Meet, uh, make, make it on my prelim fine. Uh, it's hot as Hades in tech in Austin at UT. Um, you know, I throw up for the first time after running ever, um, after the prelim and, uh, that was weird. And then in the final, you know, I'm considered one of the favorites. Um, there's kind of a handful of people that I saw on some polls that that uh, some you know running nerds were were listing as their favorite, uh, and I my name was among them, and uh, so I kind of knew that going in. And, uh, I raced like it. I made a big move, um, about 700 out, I think. Or no, no, about 500 out. About 500 out. The second to last water water pit. I kind of popped out like a cork into the lead, and just didn't look back. Uh, made that made that move separated myself from the field by like 10 meters
2: mm-hmm.
1: and then started to hear some footsteps with about 200 to go and uh you know knew i had to really press into that last water pit um um uh, steven fahey was coming on me and um you know i, I kind of had my steps off it was really straining like i was deep into this thing right i yep. made that earlier move and um I,
2: I'm not sure.
1: I, I still don't know exactly what happened as far as my steps. If I kind of, I think I kind of tried to long step it. You know, when you um, are trying to get your the rhythm of your steps and spacing just right coming into yeah. a water barrier. Um,
0: yeah. Do like, you like stutter or do you lengthen them? It's like yeah. Yeah.
1: Some, yeah sometimes you know, you just got to go with one and decide early enough to where you're, you know, your two or three steps that go right into it, you know, into your penultimate that are that are kind of the right length and rhythmic to propel you forward and maintain uh, your momentum. But whatever it was, I I caught my toe on the barrier, my, my trail leg toe on the barrier. And I, and I, uh, you know, my body still went forward and it looked pretty normal, Mm -hmm. but because the toe caught and then lagged, it kind of shot through. And so when I landed, I, I was off balance and Mm I, I toppled pretty bad. And, um, you know, I ended up getting up, and, you know, all of a sudden, the pack is on me, right? Yep. And so the pack is now chasing the guy who crossed the barrier with me, Steven. And Steven falls on the next barrier, on the last flat barrier, right? And, you know, he popped his leg on the rail like that. He's bleeding. He gets up and finishes, and we're all mad dashing for the finish, and, and I just could not switch the gears to get back into to sprinting. And uh ended up coming across seventh. Um. You know don't regret the move I made, I really went for it, and it was an exhilarating feeling to hear the crowd come alive you yeah. know for a, a few hundred meters and and to be you know leading for the national meet um going for a title going for going for glory
2: yeah mean uh, yeah
1: it was it was a great experience um you know I, I was working within the parameters of the race plan that that my coach and I talked about, and um mm. you know. Was, was willing to give it a shot. And, and that's kind of how I, how I approach most races. You know, I want to finish on E, um, stick to a good plan. Um, and, uh, you know, it's impossible to predict falling like that. And, um, you know, I, I consider myself a, a well-balanced runner. Uh, I mean, with good footing and, and, and yeah. decent hurdling and, um, mm-hmm you know, the, the athleticism component usually isn't the problem for me, it's, it's the fitness, right, mm-hmm. so, um, you know, it was, it was a big surprise, I'd never fallen like that on a water pit, you know, I'd, I'd fallen a couple, like, one other time, uh, because of, like, a long jumper came out into the track, oh, wow! that's, like, spooked me,
2: Yeah,
1: um, came out of the sand pit, but, but, uh, yeah, it was, it was definitely, like, a shock, and, you know, I didn't know up from down and it was just kind of a, it was a wild blur, <laughs> but was still, you know, at the end of the day, proud to be on that podium and, and hold up a trophy together and respect my competitors. And, um, you know, I think it's, um, you know, been a, a defining kind of moment in my running career, whether I like it or not, you
0: know, yeah. everybody
1: wants to know what, what I had to
0: say about that. Um, Well, it could either be the end of your career, or it can just be, like, a speed bump. And, like, the nice thing is, is you get to decide that. Right. Yeah. And then later on, you PR, you go 830, and, you know, you've got a shot at running even faster. Yeah. An even bigger stage, man. So, like, that's... That's such, a, that's such a huge lesson. Like, that's... If people... If people, like, can understand, like, hey, like, there's plenty of times where I've been in a position where I'm like, man, like, that really sucked. That was an important race. I guess I'm just going to throw a pity party and I'm going to call it a day. You know, like, like that happened to me my senior uh, season of cross country when I was in high school. Like, but it was because of that, like... It did not take me long. I was right back to training. And then, you know, I had – I went 155 in the 800 my senior year, and I got second at the state meet. And, like, I had one of the fastest times in cross-country going into the state meet, and I tanked. Like, it's just – it's one of those things, man. Like, you you just don't know. The craziest thing, I ran two seasons of steeplechase in high school – and I did three or four seasons of it in college. And I never fell once. <laughs> but, I, but the 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 best I ever placed was fourth at nationals. So you got to risk it for the biscuit, man. You got to go out. You got to get after it, and these things happen. And that's that's just part of it. So. Um, Dude, thank you so much for taking the time to get on here. I, I'm going to have to have you back on again because there's so much more we got to talk about. But i got oh, yeah. a, I got a client coming in in like a minute. So um, let everybody know how we can follow you. Um, how can people reach out to you if they have questions or if they're interested in uh, Letourneau and and your running program there?
1: Yeah, all right. Well, um, yeah, uh, I'm somewhat active on Twitter. Um at uh, the underscore Mahalski, just my last name. Uh, my email is just first name, last name at LATU.edu. So Daniel Mahalski at LATU.edu. Um, you, know, you can talk to Kevin uh, and get my uh, cell phone number from him. <laughs> um, yeah, i happy to talk to anybody <laughs> about uh, super chase running, um, especially recruits. If any, if any other kid, you know, through the homeschool club or whatever, um. yeah that works
0: sweet awesome well again thank you so much for taking the time to do this it's been it's been good chatting with you and catching yeah. up with you and um, we'll we'll have to get a run in at some point in the future
2: for sure for sure
0: I'm like back to running but I'm I'm not I'm probably recovery like,
2: day. we'll do a I'm recovery just, day
0: yeah yeah my I'll be recovering day. we'll see
2: what you'll be doing
0: yeah 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 <laughs> I'm going to be huffing and puffing. <laughs> awesome alright All right, y'all. Thanks for watching and listening, and stay tuned for next week's episode. Adios.
2: Adios.